0: AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit risk and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit risk and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see Audit Board's award-winning platform in action today. Today we have Europe's leading audit communication consultant, Tracy Marquardt on the show. Uh, Tracy, again, she's all about communication, so that was a primary topic uh, within different aspects of the audit profession. And so some of the things we talk about is, communication relative to audit report writing, but not necessarily the, you know, the techniques or things like that, that you typically hear when someone talks about audit report writing or how to improve it, Um, but how to use our relationships, leverage our relationships, build our relationships um, using the audit report. So a pretty interesting take there. Um, Also talk about how to agile your audit communication with zero risk. And it's kind of a primer to a webinar that Tracy's doing on the 25th on that topic so you listen and enjoy that then definitely sign up for the webinar um either way sign up for the webinar i'm actually going to be on the road but (laughs) i'm registering for it anyway so i can listen to it um so there's links to that in the show notes and some more details that tracy shares in the show and then tracy also talks about influencing um relative to the audit profession but there's a lot of what i found to be very interesting uh information there on how to influence Um, so be sure to check that out and then the last piece is talking about tdf and tdf is when tracy brought it up um she said that it was one of the most influential webinars or the most influential training rather than a webinar that she'd ever taken in her life and she took it years and years and years ago and it you know made such a big impact on her life that she got um she now teaches it to internal audit and she's worked with various teams um on implementing it and helping really understand each other so it's very very interesting um if you're interested in that especially after listening shoot tracy an email and uh, let her know that you want to participate that in that within your team here we go we've had audit report writing as a topic before but i know you have a like a different approach or a different perspective maybe Um, something, uh, relatively novel that, that you want to talk about. So I'll just kind of give you the floor, uh, talk about your audit report writing, um, approach.
1: I love audit report writing. And, you know, I've had a couple of people say to me recently, you know, audit report writing is dead. Audit reports are dead. And I think that's actually completely off the mark right now. I think it's a, it's a wish that we would all like not to have to write or even read audit reports. Right. Uh, Recently I came across a 187-page audit <laughs> I know it seems impossible. It was an amalgamation of smaller, smaller audits on a site. And it, I mean, it's just huge, and nobody wants to read that amount of text. Yeah. And so I think the really important thing is for audit to remember we do need to communicate the results of our audit. So how do we do that in the best way? And right now, most teams are still using audit reports. Mm-hmm. There are a few teams. have been really innovative and started with videos which i think is a brilliant idea i think at least for the executive summary you can go with a video but there has to be the detail somewhere for everyone Mm -hmm. and um, yeah so audit report writing is near and dear to my heart i've been working with audit for about 16 years now on audit report writing it's of course evolved over time what i do and how audit reports look and feel and smell and i think you know getting down to the key messages and making sure that these days we don't just look at, but we also provide enough information to help give some insight for the future as well. That's mm-hmm.
0: And so that's, I think that's interesting with the, the video I've, I've used video to do more process documentation. Mm-hmm. So especially in analytics, if you just get the result, it can be like, well, what is this? And, you know, there's some curiosity as to how you got there. And so yeah. rather than trying to type that all up, which is just for me, it's a nightmare, like an audit report writing is too, because it's kind of tedious and I overanalyze, you know, what should I say this word or this word or that I, am I supposed to put a hyphen there? Let me Google that and figure it out. So like it it comes more natural, I think to everybody, mostly to just be able to speak to it, you know, and so to be able to document using video has been, um, has been really helpful, um, to me, but I know relative to report writing, you've talked about, um, the relationships that it takes in order to kind of have an effective or a good audit report is that something you could speak to?
1: Absolutely. I think you know the audit report is at the end of the process and it all starts with the initial communication and actually the relationships that we build up over time because I know audit it has to be fair and objective and they want to be trusted advisors and that comes with being empathetic and being human beings and know that we're speaking to human beings and starting to build those relationships right from the beginning because if we do build those as we go along the audit report should fall nicely out of all of that so there are no surprises there there's no issue with cooperation and acceptance and agreement of course it has a lot to do as you mentioned with with wording not just the hyphens and the commas and things but um, it's how we work because we want to be persuasive in writing. So we have to be persuasive in our communication up front and then also write a persuasive report that's clear and concise at the same time. So um, the audit report, I think, very much depends on the relationships that we build with our audit clients over time. And those relationships stay with us. Uh, maybe we go back in a few years, maybe another audit team goes back. But that flavor that we've left with everyone, that level of professionalism and quality and value and not, should still remain for the next audit team to build on when they go back to that client.
0: Yeah, and that makes a ton of sense. And I, I like that, you know, the importance of the relationship and how that impacts the, the audit report. If, if you could give the audience like a takeaway on how to better their relationships through that process, what do you think that would be?
1: I think the first thing to do is, is to have empathy and to understand, you. really, it's so much about what I do is to understand your audience or understand your stakeholder, whichever you know, word you prefer to use. If we understand who we're speaking with, what are their wants? What are their needs? What does a day in their life look like? Um, what are their objectives for their department or for their team or for the process? And then try to add value to that instead of imposing something that we see as the way it should be no. you know, on them. So really getting a, an in-depth understanding of who they are as a human being. you know, What wakes them up at 3.30 in the morning in a cold sweat? If you know that and you and in some way, take that pain away, mm-hmm. you're going to have a much better relationship and a much better outcome over time. You know, people make decisions um, if you uh, reduce their pain or increase their pleasure. And most people make, you know, it's more responsive if you take away their pain. And I think it's really important to kind of show on some level that you understand their pain. So you take them into the pain a little bit and say, look, this is what we see. We get it. We understand the impact and, and the the negative things that are happening around it. But here's what, if we implement this recommendation or a recommendation, of course, that they designed that meets the requirements and fills the gaps, um, that's when the pain can start to go away. And maybe there's a little bit of short-term pain. They have to put something in place. They need a resource. They need some time. Uh, But in the end, you have this, ideally, this transformed world. I talk about that a lot in my, in my influencing course. And it's important. I think it's, it's a, perfect, it's a perfect way to paint the picture in an audit report because we have the recommendations to fill the gaps and what does the new world look like after the gaps are filled? And that mm. tends to be more persuasive, I think, than showing this is all the pain that you have to go through and this is the bad and this is the bad and this is the bad. We can't ignore those things, but I think there's a way to paint the picture in a way that lifts people as opposed to brings them down through the process.
0: Yeah, and, and you're talking about empathy and then, the remediation process, and this is something that Shelby Veans, who was on the show um, last week, mentioned mm-hmm. that I thought was really, really interesting in her approach. And she mainly, her primary role is to, um, once the recommendation has been made, is to help get it implemented efficiently, or as yeah. a that the the process is efficient, so it's not just here's all this stuff you got to do it now. And they go, okay, well now that just took up, you know, whatever, 15 hours of our collective week. And, and so she'll yeah. say, okay, well, how can we figure out a, a better, more efficient way that still, you know, mitigates the risk and things like that. And I, and she didn't use the word empathy, but I mean, that's how she was, she was leading it with empathy and, and understanding, like, there's a lot more going on in your world than just this. Yeah. It is important, but we also need to understand, you know, how we can help you, um, get the most efficient process to mitigate the risk also. So I like that. Um,
1: Absolutely.
0: And so we're talking about, we're talking about a lot of this is building relationships and then mm-hmm. the communication with that. Another hot topic right now has been agile um, over the past at least year, yeah. especially since especially since COVID hit um, and the, the need to do that. And you kind of had this take on agile with your audit communication. Um, I do. Yeah. So that was, that's a very interesting topic to me. Um, for multiple reasons, but I'll let you kind of take the floor here and, and speak to that.
1: Sure. I mean, I, I started talking about agile auto communication in 2018. I spoke at the German iaa conference in November that year and kind of introduced this disruptive concept of forget agile and all of your methodology. Let's just go for the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if the key to uh, success of agile projects is the communication, then why don't we just nick those ideas and put them into the auto process? So I know, you know, if you want to agile in the background, all your processes and all of those things, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of investment mm-hmm. from human resource standpoint, as well as financial standpoint. But I think that there are things that we can do in our communication processes that will help us get better results, increase the transparency and accountability and the motivation and the satisfaction of the team members without investing all kinds of 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 time and and money to be honest and so that's actually the topic of my webinar coming up this week on Thursday is how to agile your auto communication with zero risk because the outcome of that presentation that I did in 2018 was zero risk everybody in the room agreed there's no risk to trying any of these things so I'm going to offer it in the webinar this week because I want to just share the ideas because I'm all about, you know, audit innovating and how can I help audit innovate, right? So let's, let's add to all our communication and see what comes of it. There's there's no risk, nothing you can lose and only positive things to gain.
0: And you said there's a webinar you're doing on the 25th. What, uh, and we'll, we'll add a link in the show notes for folks that want to check that out. But um, okay. who is it with? You said it's on the 25th time, all the kind of logistics stuff.
1: It's on the 25th. It's at... Um, well, it's at 6 p.m. in Europe. So I think that's 5 p.m. now um, on in Eastern U.S. and Canada because we haven't changed time over here in Europe yet. Okay. So I think it's a five-hour time difference now. It's on Zoom webinar, and um, everyone's welcome to register. Again, you, you've got an hour to invest, to hear some new ideas, and to think about how they might work for your team, and to ask some questions as well about how they might work for your team. There'll be lots of time for questions.
0: Yeah, and I like that the innovative... the the approach that a lot of people are taking or that I guess are hearing more of is how to be innovative in audit. And usually we think of RPA and AI and machine learning and analytics. And it's like, there's so much more, like even just the video example um, that we were talking about with with, um, the executive summary or documenting processes, like video has been around for, you know, since the laptop or, you know, since a computer has been around, we're just now kind of using it. Uh, because yeah. we were forced to, but, you know, that is innovative. You don't have to be some kind of uh, Bill Gates or, or, you know, tech genius to be innovative. So I, I really uh, appreciate that approach uh, for sure.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, there are a lot of auditors who want to innovate and sometimes we're held back by the environment or COVID or, you know, the head of the department's not quite ready for it or doesn't think everybody in the team is ready for it. And I think there are small things that we can do because these things also improve productivity. They improve teamwork and team communication efficiency. All of these things can happen just as a result of our communication. So why not try it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so we're talking about webinars and with the... I guess because again, because of the pandemic, there's just been this like proliferation of webinars, free webinars, you know, they've always been around, but even more so now, because I, you know, I can attend an IA event for a chapter, you know, that's that I have to fly to if I wanted to otherwise, uh, and now I'll just click their link. So there's just a litany of webinars. And, um, and so for the folks, especially that are going to attend your webinar on the 25th, we sit through these webinars and then you know, the end of it's like, okay, that was great. And then you never really touch it again. Uh, or there's no, maybe an actual te- actionable takeaway or something like that. So how do we, how do we take what is in the webinar, what we're being taught? How do we take that and make it like work for us? How do we make it stick?
1: Well, I think first of all, because there's so much available, we have to choose wisely. So there's Excellent. a maybe FOMO fear of missing out and you click on everything that you're going to attend all these different things. And it's frankly, In my experience in the last eight months, it's just not humanly possible to to attend everything that you want to attend. So choose wisely and then come up with at least three takeaways from every session and make sure you ask questions if you can ask questions. And then I know that um, you talked a lot about discipline and how helpful that is. And I think it's about discipline because there are kind of three levels for learning. And the first one is knowing that there's a gap that you need to fill. And then the second one is learning something, listening to something, reading something, watching something online and kind of putting it into practice sometimes, but that there's a lack of consistency and then there's going to be a lack of results. You're not going to hit the target. So once we do things over and over and over, which goes back to your, your idea of discipline, um, if, you, if you make yourself as Serena Williams or you know pick your sports hero or pick some other hero that you have in life who is disciplined, they do it over and over and over and over. You know, they go out and practice the tennis serve every single day, not because they don't know how to do it, but because it keeps their skills and it, and it makes their reaction time instantaneous. They don't actually have to think about reacting when they're in a certain situation; they just go ahead and react. So I think for choose your choose your learning opportunity very carefully, and then make sure that that's a topic of interest and that's going to take you somewhere towards your goal. And that also means Understanding where you are and where you want to be as an auditor. Yeah. So I'm working, I'm working with some coaching clients right now and we're we're doing this. So I have one who is a, a vice president of audit, wants to be a CAE. So we're looking at what are their goals today? What do they need to, to what skills, what knowledge they need to have as a CAE, and then how do we bridge the gap? So it's, a, it's kind of, you've got to know both. You've got to know where you are and you've got to know the goal. And then you can start choosing things that help you fill that gap.
0: Yeah, that's, right. I like that a lot. I have been interested um, over the years in learning how to learn.
1: Yeah,
0: And so I'll look at different methodologies and frameworks and things like that. And um, definitely identifying the gap. And then also like, this is where I am. This is where I want to be. But then understanding also, you um, to get to maybe where you really want to be is going to take a very long time. And so compartmentalize it, pick something very specific and kind of nail that thing down before, uh, before moving on. So, um, kind of goes in line with, with the way I've understood it also. And then the other thing I was thinking when you're talking was talking about discipline, it's, it's one thing to do it over and over and over again. Um, it's another thing to be, to say, I don't, I don't want to do this right now. And then to do it anyway, you know, that's what exactly. I think discipline boils down to yeah. uh, do it anyway, or not, you know, Nike says, just do it. Like, uh, those are probably some of, I'm not a huge <laughs> quote person. Like I don't take a lot of quotes you know, some people refer to mm-hmm. quotes all the time, but, yeah. um, do it anyway, or just do It's probably one of my favorites. It's like, just, okay. You don't want to do it. Well, do it anyway.
1: It's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, But if if The trick is to have some leverage over yourself. So what is it, what is it that you want to do and why do you want to do it? Knowing that why Mm -hmm. is going to give you the leverage you need to do it when you don't want to do it. Yeah. So I know what, I know what my goal is. Um, and everything I do is to help me achieve that goal. Right. So there are days when I work very, very long hours or I might work, you know, however many days a week. Um, Which is usually means it's a long week, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's all with a goal in mind. So I know what I want, I know what I need to do to get there. But for me, getting there means uh, being of service. So the question is, how can I add value to the internal audit community Mm -hmm. with what I know and with with my experiences and with what I learn every single day? Because we're all hopefully continuously learning. Yeah. So, how do you bring that to the wider? family of internal audit. And that's why I do what I do. That's why I do webinars. You know, when COVID hit, um, it was, you know, literally a year and two weeks ago. And I was supposed to be speaking at the general audit management conference in Las Vegas and the border shut. They wouldn't take any planes from Europe as of midnight on a Friday night. And my flight was Saturday at one o'clock.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: So with so a, a huge, huge letdown, And I was talking about um, strategies and techniques to impact, influence, inspire, um, which I think is relevant kind of at a higher level. It's how do we keep motivating our teams? And anyway, it wasn't possible. So then I thought, how am I going to continue to deliver to everyone in my auto community? And so I offered up three webinars to all of my clients. normally I work with clients in silos and this time I did it across everybody. I said, if you want your team to come, I actually called 30 CAEs on a Friday and within three weeks I was launching all three webinars and they were full every single one and then I started doing them publicly on LinkedIn so that's kind of been the journey there to to be of service and to get the information and the ideas out and you're kind of leaving leaving sort of cookie crumbs for everyone to say is this something that you're interested in then find out more you know and I, I know you mentioned sales and for me, it's not about sales, it's about full marketing. It's about putting ideas out there that resonate with your audience. And when it when it resonates with them, they'll ask you, you know, what else can you tell me about the topic? And I think that the same applies to working as an auditor with audit clients, because I use the, I teach, I teach auditors the same techniques as I use in my business, right? And it's a, it's about influencing and it's about showing the transformed world. And it's about understanding, you know, your own why and your audit client's why, and then coming up with, you know, solutions that resonate for everybody and that are going to take everyone forward. Yeah.
0: I think that's what it boils down to. And I think a lot of us probably missed the mark on. Hey, everyone. Thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit risk and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see Audit Board's award-winning platform in action today. Well, since you weren't able to attend GAM last year, Mm -hmm. um, and influencing was one of the topics that you were going to hit on, I'd be interested if you could talk about that a little bit now and how to influence
1: um influencing is super, super important. And I think, I mean, you know, you've, you've seen, I have tons and tons of blow ones, that particular stakeholder, because you can influence individuals and you can influence a group, right? And that's similar techniques, but a, maybe a little bit different application. So I find that really digging in and understanding what makes them tick and then crafting all of my argumentation using language that's going to appeal to them. So if I'm working with someone who is, who is really fast, who's really quick, doesn't want the full story, who is impatient because they have other greater, better things to get on with and innovate in their department and create change, then I use language that I know is going to resonate with that person. So I talk about, you know, um, I, use, I use keywords. I call them maybe transformational language, like, um, Efficiencies and innovation, and all the things that the words, keywords that might get us forward. As if I'm working with someone who's really kind of uh, higher up in the hierarchy and is well positioned there, and appreciates perhaps a little deference to that position, then there's other language that I can use for that as well. So it's really understanding how they think. Uh, what the reward systems are and then using language like that to appeal to them. I go into more detail, but I do that in my audit stakeholder agreement accelerator course. It's worked well with, it's worked well with several clients. And it's, it's all about um, helping auditors get to the point where they can be influential and persuasive, whether it's a closing meeting or they're in a discussion about audit findings and recommendations or risk. And getting, you know, getting getting it accepted easier with less disagreement and less back and forth. Because when you really understand someone, then you don't have to have that back and forth.
0: Yeah. Or getting more budget.
1: Getting more budget. I mean, that's a tough one. That usually means a um, the implementation is a lot further down the road. To be honest, mm-hmm. depending on the budgeting process in the company. But yeah, I, I do think that um, being able to explain the risks. And to have a really tight idea of what you want in your deliverable for your recommendation will really help auditors be more precise. I don't think you have to, I'm not not suggesting that you prescribe what they have to do, what the audit client has to do to remediate, but understanding the vision in three months or six months or a year of what that deliverable is gonna look like is gonna help you be much more persuasive and craft the right Use the right language in the crafting of your recommendation to make that and make yeah. the follow-up easier too. To yeah. be honest, that's me. That's me talking about about um, audit reports because I can I can tell you where auditors fall down most often, which is on cause and risk, and then recommendations. Mm-hmm. Right? Auditors know the facts. There's just no question. Yeah. But how do you turn the facts into something that's persuasive, and 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 you you know the balance of information that you include? I think you know, audit reports really need to show that the auditors have a good understanding of the risk. not just of a particular finding, but you know, at the whole um, audit level, and that's something that we fall down on and that's something we can improve.
0: Yeah. If the risk is legit and you can say, look, this is it. And they go, holy, yeah, that is, that is legit. It, and then, Hey, this is how you can mitigate that. And they go, that's brilliant. You know, like that,
1: it is, but you've got to be confident. You've got to be confident in your cause and you've got to be confident in how you describe the risk. Mm -hmm. Right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't read a risk statement that is a conclusion or that is, I can ask, so what, for example. Yeah. Wait, what was the last,
0: what what was the last thing you said?
1: Um, I shouldn't have to uh, when I read a risk statement, I shouldn't, it shouldn't be just a conclusion. Mm -hmm. There should be another piece based on, you know, what is the risk of the business of that? And I shouldn't, it should pass the so what test. So
0: when and the when client I says, read, so what?
1: Yeah. When you read when I read a risk and then if I say, okay, so what, yeah. what's the big deal? Yeah. Then, then I don't think the auditor has documented their knowledge of that risk well enough. Nice. I think, I think more that's a good opportunity. Test.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good test, uh, especially for, the CAEs or management or whoever's reviewing it. If you, if you yourself read it, especially if you, maybe the CAE, he doesn't, isn't in on the details and it's just like, okay, I'll, I'll read the report at the end. Yeah. Um, if the CAE reads it, the probably the number one, uh, comment or top of mind topic should be, so what, you know, if,
1: so what, why, why did I, you know, why did, why did I even have to read that report? Why was the audit conducted at all? Because it hasn't, the end result hasn't added value to the business. And yeah. so I think, Focusing on, on risk at the finding level. And then also in the executive summary and making sure that you as an auditor understand what that means to the business and achievement of business objectives is huge.
0: So Tracy, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with?
1: Um, I would just like to leave the audience maybe with this thought that the quality of your communication is the quality of your audit, right? So communication, we cannot be successful if we aren't good communicators and we should even be better than good. We should be outstanding communicators. So that means being able to get to the point, understanding who we're speaking to and what's important to them and how can we impact that in a positive way and deliver results to the business. Perfect.
0: And I know you have the webinar on the 25th. Do you have anything, do you have any white papers or Other webinars or anything else that you want to tell the audience about?
1: So I have webinars planned for, of course, this week and then in April and May and June. So keep an eye out for those topics. So connect with me on LinkedIn if you haven't connected with me, because you'll see those announced um, probably about a week to 10 days before the actual webinar. And so there'll be topics that are near and dear to my heart and that I think can add value for everyone Um, in the, you know, the, the quality of your of your communication is the quality of your audit. I think it's so, so important mm-hmm. without communicating, we cannot do things alone, right? We have to communicate with others. And so we have to be outstanding communicators and then we're gonna get a much better audit result. Yeah. So I would say last year, in addition to the webinars that I did, I also spoke at many internal audit conferences and one of the highlights for me, there were a couple, but one of the highlights was the women in audit leadership forum in September this was the third one and it was the first time they went virtual and it was a fantastic experience. I spoke about influencing strategies and I think it's so important for women as auditors to see what can take them to the next level as well and how they can expand and how they can grow. And it's nothing against men, but I think that perhaps women in audit are a little bit underserved and I love seeing that the IIA has focused on that conference and I hope it continues um, into the future because I'd love to continue to support them with that.
0: Like Tracy, when I think of you, I think of you as like the communication person. You're like the audit communication person. And we've talked about that before you and I, you know, Effective communication is is like, like a goal of mine. And so if I've come to you before to ask, you know, how can I get better at it and things like that. So typically we leave uh, pretty open ended at the end. Like, do you have anything to leave with the audience? But maybe specifically geared towards your expertise in communication, is there anything that you yeah. want to leave the audience with?
1: I think one of the concepts that I'd like working with audit is a concept It's called TDF and it's about perceptual styles and how we all look through three lenses and we have each have kind of a pattern of perception. Mm -hmm. And once we understand our own pattern, we can start to understand others patterns and then we can work better together, especially as teams. So I've run this a couple of times with audit teams, like with all 30 of the audit teams, it's a one day workshop. And it gives you so much insight into why maybe you don't resonate so much with one person or you flash a little bit with another person or why you work so well with someone else. It's because of how the perceptual styles work together. And actually I have, have my little cube here. So we have like TDF, that's the name of the theory and the company. And then um, DTF, which is um, where I am on the pattern. I don't know if I should give that out. But it's really helpful, I think, to run it with an entire audit team because, you know, it helps you take away potential points of conflict. So I I like it for conflict prevention. One of my clients wanted a conflict conflict management course. And I said, well, what if we look at it the other way? And we start with conflict prevention. Mm. And it's worked so well for them that we're we're continuing this year with, with smaller groups to actually get that to work really tightly in the audit environment. I think I'm the only one that I know of that's working with this particular concept within audit. And I think it's super, super helpful. And to be honest, I took the course myself. It feels like half a lifetime ago and it was the most valuable course I ever took because what I learned is that I need to focus on other people more. Hmm. And I know a lot of people say to me now, Oh, you're so good with people and you're so good online on your webinars and things, but that is, not, I think, something that ever came, I'm being very open and honest with you now, it's not something that ever came really natural to me. So I've spent, again, half a lifetime working on understanding how other people tick and working on understanding what it is that they need and want from me so that I'm much more successful in terms of delivering that. And it really does prevent conflict. So that's, I think, one of the things that I'm I'm very proud of um, to bring to the audit community is the TDF program and uh, to help everyone communicate better and more successfully.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And in that as many webinars that you've attended and you put on yourself, you're saying this uh, program or process or protocol or perception has had the biggest impact on your career?
1: Best course I've ever taken in my life. And I loved it so much that I went and learned how to teach it and got licensed by now.
0: And what's it, what's the framework or the methodology, what's it called?
1: It's, it's called TDF and it's about perceptual patterns and how, when we understand our own and when we understand how to recognize, um, others' perceptual patterns, we can start to learn how to work better together because you understand your strengths and your own vulnerabilities and they can match, or they can even bump heads with someone else's. So it's a, it's a question of understanding how people need information, how they, Maybe they make decisions, how they make judgments, how they how they perceive the world. And then you can you can restructure or make some tweaks in your own communication style so that you're delivering what it is that the other person needs and wants in a form that works for them. You know? So it, it's it's like if you're an, if you're an analyst and you come at somebody who's quick decision maker and you come at them with the whole book of yeah. how you're going to get it done, it'll drive them crazy. Yeah. Right. So you want to start with the what and the why, and then the other stuff falls away. It's less important.
0: Yeah. So there's all kinds of
1: different strategies.
0: There used to be this show on the food network and they probably still air it, but it's called the best thing I ever ate. And they would have like chefs and cooks and professionals and celebrity chefs. And they would say, you know, what's the best, whatever cheesecake you've ever had in your life. Yeah. And they, you know, and they've had hundreds of cheesecakes. And they would say, this is the best one. And I would always go, okay, if I'm ever in that city, yeah, I'm going to get that one. Um, and so I say that because if somebody says this is the best thing that's ever happened to me or for me, um, that I want to know more about it, what would be like, do you have somewhere on your website where some you know people can sign up for that? Or like, I want to do that. Or if my audit team wants to do that, what's the best way to sign up or, or to do that?
1: Best thing to do is reach out to me um, through either LinkedIn or on an email. It's Tracy at and just let me know you're interested in the TDF, TDF concept, and and I'll reply back. It's it's amazing.
0: Okay, perfect. All right. Well, I think that is an excellent topic to uh, end the show on, Tracy. Thank you very much. I know I've got at least three takeaways uh, from this. We talked about takeaways earlier. Um, I've got at least three takeaways from this. So it was it was very nice having you on. Thank you for your time.
1: Thank you so much,
0: Trent. It's always my pleasure. Hey everyone, thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere, so please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from The Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.